Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, with the latest episode of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where I talk to our reporters and editors about the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, my guest is Managing Editor James Kleiman to wrap up a very busy news week. But before we jump in, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation. When you work with FGMC, you're more than a customer, you're a partner. From monthly webinars and trainings to our non-QM structure desk, our mortgage mavericks make it easy for you to be successful. We're standing by to confirm eligibility, help calculate bank statements and DTI, and evaluate credit. Reach out today. Maverick Solutions products are available through wholesale and non-delegated delivery. To access our partner resources or to submit a non-QM scenario, visit fgmc.com slash maverick. First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID 2917-5800 Tennyson Parkway, Suite 450, Plano, Texas 75024. James, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Good to be here. Great to have you on. I know how busy this week has been. It has been insane with news. And so we're going to we're gonna capture it all for our audience, hopefully, at least from a high level. So um, let's start with something that we know that our audience is always very interested in, and that's mortgage rates. Yeah, so mortgage rates, uh, as ever, on Thursday, they dropped. And the Freddie Mac PMMS, uh, I believe they dropped one basis point from the week prior. So they're at about 355 for the week ending today, generally flat. And, uh, you know, the the talking point here is that they're going to continue to rise. And just a few weeks of, of flat mortgage rates does not mean that we're, we're going to stick in this territory for very long. So, um, you know, as, as ever, they also moved in concert with the 10-year Treasury yield, which reached about 1.85% yesterday. And it was a little, little bit higher than where we were last week at 1.83%. And, uh, you know, the big news here is, is really, and I think we have to talk about this, I don't know how you can't talk about it, is, is the Federal Reserve, right? And so they met, they, they did their two-day meeting period. And I think a lot of it was really, there are things happening, the Fed is ready, they're gearing up, they're going to make some major changes to economic policy. but. Not quite yet. And and so they, they said in a statement yesterday with inflation well above 2% and a strong labor market, the committee expects it will soon be appropriate to raise the target range for the federal funds rate. And uh, so the FOMC decided to keep the target range for the federal funds at zero to 0.25%. And, and I think a lot of people were expecting that. That's not a huge change or departure for what they've been doing lately. But I think it does really set the stage for what's going to happen at the next meeting in early March, which is also when uh, you know the, the great asset tapering program is slated to end, where where the purchases of of Treasury and uh, and MBS is is pretty much supposed to go down to zero. And so we're we're going to really talk, I think, next month uh, about what the landscape looks like for mortgage. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because we've all been, you know, I mean, this is, it, it feels like a very long protect, protracted wait to be like, okay, when, when is it really going to start to take off? When are those rates really going to go up? And of course they have been going up a little bit, right? We're up 3.55 is definitely, you know, quite a bit up from the summer, from this time last year, but still very historically low, right? 
Yeah, it, it is historically low. Absolutely. You know, a, a mortgage at 3.55%. If you told my parents this in 1995 when they bought their house, I, I mean, they, they probably would have actually killed someone to have obtained, which doesn't speak well about my parents and their ethics, but that's another matter for another day. I mean, it, it is still historically a great rate. And I, I think what's interesting here is from my perspective, I don't think it's going to chill the purchase mortgage market very much. If you're still out there looking for a home, 3.55%, if you're well qualified, if you have good cash flow, if you've got a little bit saved up, uh, shouldn't deter you. You know, it, it shouldn't make much of a difference in, in what your monthly payment for a mortgage would be. If you're looking to refi with some big exceptions, uh, I think this probably puts you out of the territory in which it would make any sense. You know, historically, if you look at where mortgage rates have been over the last four or five years, chances are if you get a mortgage, you know, you're probably at around the four range or below. And so you want to save more than 50 basis points in a lot of cases uh, for it to all be worth it. And, um, you know, what, what is interesting, though, is I've been chatting with a lot of fellows lately. And in some really expensive markets, particularly in California, we're seeing a lot of cash out refis. So the refi market, as far as I see, is largely cash out refis. And, and so the question would be, okay, so let's say I do want to pull that money out of my home and and one, what am I going to do with it? In a lot of cases, people are funding renovations, right? They are using it for uh, you know debt savings to pay off high interest credit cards or any number of other uh, debt products that Americans <laughs> are are involved in. And, and the last one that I heard, which was pretty interesting and didn't expect, is I, I chatted with an LO in Northern California yesterday, and he said that he pulled out a ton of money from his home, and he's going to be using it to pay for tuition for his daughter. And he knows a bunch of LOs who are uh, even branching out and, and doing their own personal real estate investments. So um, you know, the, the money is, is certainly there. There is liquidity, absolutely. Um, but people are happy to trade in some cases, you know, a mortgage at two seven two eight for one at like four, you know, four four and a half if they have to get a non QM mortgage. So it's uh, it's it's kind of a wild time, even though it seems a little bit quiet in some respects. But uh, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens when the rates really start to to hit closer to kind of that four percent range. You know, which probably be in quarter three or quarter four. No, I, I definitely think that's interesting. And we've, you know, we've been talking about this. Um, our lead analyst, of, co- of course, Logan Motoshami has been tracking. He really tracks the 10-year yield and feels like it still hasn't broken out of its channel so that, you know, until that happens, we just can't get to that, you know, four and above. So, you know, he's he's writing about that. We're talking about it. We've had a whole economic series where we've had, you know, Mike, Fred, and Tony. We've had other people um, write, you know, their economic forecasts for this year. And, Rates are just such a huge part of it, but but I agree with you. I mean, I do think first time home buyers can get, you know, the difference in in rates, even the small one, can be a big deal if if you're a first time home buyer and you're not coming in with a lot of family help. Um, you know, people at the edges are the ones who always get, you know, cut out by any sort of mortgage rise. Yeah, every time, you know, and. and- most of the people that I know in, in my position, you know, they, they don't have a cash flow problem necessarily. They can they can generally, you know, the, the difference between a mortgage that is thirteen fifty a month and one that is fourteen fifty or fifteen hundred is is relatively minimus. Um, right. But but the big difference is really the down payment, and and if you have to add PMI to it, and, and you know, it's it's um it's it's so much about the money up front because this is 
generally speaking, a generation that hasn't had uh, the ability or any number of reasons to to save a lot of money. So, you know, nobody's like, hey, I have $100,000 lying around. Like, should I buy a house? Um, <laughs> there are exceptions, of course, but um, but that's really a much bigger piece to the puzzle for first-time homebuyer than, you know, a, a rate savings of, you know, 25 basis points or whatever. And I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll just keep an eye on that. We always do. I mean, we know that mortgage rates is just something we're looking at, but there's lots of other news this week. Oh my gosh. So um, let's see, let's, let's talk about some, some of the different lenders. Uh, UWM rolled out something where, um, you know, we just talked about how refi is kind of, you know, it's definitely waning because first of all, you had millions of people refi. So there's not even just that many people left who didn't refi with rates going up. But um, so UWM is doing something to kind of juice the purchase market. Tell us about that. So UWM has, has made a lot of major moves in appraisal over the last year, more than any other lender out there. Uh, they've certainly been the most aggressive. And, and UWM, you know, like a lot of the big uh, independent mortgage banks out there, they're very purchase focused. And uh, UWM believes that they have a major edge because they are exclusively in the broker channel. And so uh, what they say is, you know, our, our major thing right now is, is from a process perspective, how do we make it easier for a mortgage broker to close, uh, you know, a major purchase deal more quickly? And, and UWM, generally speaking, is, is pretty good with, with turnaround times. You know, they can originate a mortgage often in, in about a few weeks. So, so the latest move is really about uh, trying to uh, eliminate the appraisal problem, and and so in in their prior uh, moves, they they wanted to kind of take the appraisal management company out of the equation by uh, basically saying we'll do it ourselves, we'll manage this process between the actual appraiser and and the. Uh, and the home buyer and us, you know, kind of full stop. And, and so now they're saying, you know, let's eliminate the cost. And so for the next two months, UWM says that they will credit borrowers up to $600 for their appraisal costs. And, um, and that'll be available for all primary purchases and including jumbo mortgages. And so it's running from, I believe it was yesterday, either yesterday or Tuesday, um, effective through March 31st. And, and if you think about it from the perspective of a mortgage broker um, and their realtor and real estate agent partners, uh, what is the slow season of real estate? You know, we're we're in the middle of it. It's right now. It's January, February. And especially when there's very little inventory out there, um, you know, I, I think this is just one more tool that they're trying to provide the, the broker to make sure that their real estate agent clients are happy and that they they don't go, hey, it's been three weeks, we haven't heard from the appraiser or these comps are insane. We had five houses in this neighborhood go for 20% higher just in the last two months. Like what's going on here? And then you know have to uh have to go back and forth. And so um you know it, it is often a major roadblock for uh lenders and, and brokers to to get those loans closed and for real estate agents, you know, and and um yeah, the truism remains, which is Nobody gets paid until the deal is done, right? So, so they they want to get those deals done quickly and and develop momentum and and uh, you know I think what will really be worth watching is if they continue uh, some sort of program, whether it's a credit program or what, um, you know, beyond March thirty first when when the spring season is uh, in full bloom and um, you know there, there are more deals to be had, uh, you know, and, and a lot of other lenders wouldn't be able to do this because. 
their cost basis when they originate a loan is just much higher. You know, UWM can make money on on a loan. You know, they they only need about fifty basis points, give or take, to make money on a loan, and a ton of other lenders just simply can't do that. And so, you know, in, in this specific example, I, I think uh, the the wholesale model really does um, have some distinct advantages. You know, the, those costs are really kind of born on, on the brokerage itself and the broker. And, and so how they figure out a way to eliminate, you know, some of their their expenses, um, you know, it, it just makes it so much more appealing if, if they're efficient. You know, uh, speaking of brokers, uh, Rocket Pro TPO uh, announced a program where they're going to pair, you know, their brokers with a team of in-house mortgage experts. Um, they're going to roll this out, at, uh, I think, this week. They did, yeah. That's what we um, have been reporting on. I just think that that's so interesting. You know, both of these companies, obviously, Rocket is the is the uh, largest lender right now, and, and UWM wants to is one of the largest wholesale lenders, but these two go back and forth. So Rocket is doing, you know, something different there, trying to help the brokers by giving them, you know, in-house experts. What do you, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting move. I I don't think it's surprising. You know, Rocket has over the last few years really refined its messaging and 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 very much targeted mortgage brokers and um, just made a lot of strides in connecting with them. And and uh, we don't have to get too much into the the great mortgage broker battle of twenty twenty one. You know, but but that is definitely still in 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 the foreground. And and we we just need to remember that that Rocket is. Um, for the most part, still a consumer direct focused mortgage lender. They do a lot of other stuff, of course. You know, I mean, we, we could talk all day about the, the various business uh, lines that Rocket has, but they've made a huge effort to expand um, their their broker channel. Um, they are the number two um, wholesale uh, company out there. They they are still they're really big in wholesale. They're not as big as UWM, obviously, which is hyper specialized and and um, you know really quite. Uh, really strong in their process and their their hold on on mortgage brokers. You know they they've uh, they, they've been the king there for, for quite some time. But what's interesting here is I, I think the um, you know the model. So so typically you know at, at a wholesaler you have a single rep from UWM or HomePoint or you know any any wholesale division at at an originator and and they have you know 20 30 50 however many mortgage broker clients and and it really kind of like the model is basically about how those AEs keep those broker partners happy and in some places they have you know dedicated um you know processes where they'll have you know like a like a mini team of processors and underwriters and and people that are kind of devoted to the top producers in the mortgage brokerage world um, but that's not the standard. And so what Rocket is doing here is basically saying, okay, so if you have a big team, if you're sending us a ton of volume, a ton of business, um, we want to make sure that you have, uh, you know, kind of an inversely proportionate number of resources to get those ones done quickly and effectively and, and with fewer errors and, and uh, you know, hold times. And so I, I think it's a really smart uh, move from Rocket. I don't think it's unexpected, uh, but even people who don't like Rocket will always concede that they're they're pretty smart. You know, they 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 don't make a lot of missteps. And um, Rocket is going to continue to focus on on developing more in the purchase market. And going through the broker channel is is a smart way to do it. So 
yeah, I, I think this is a, an interesting development in, in sort of a, a very long um, series of, of escalations, both in product and in uh, and in um, actions uh, between UWM and Rocket. The, the broker space has been, you cannot say it's been boring. <laughs> it, no, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I think of all the beats that we covered, Housing Wire, and I, I think appraisal is fascinating. I think there are a lot of really great stories and title that that are, are out there for the picking and, and um, you know, real estate and agents and, and all of the issues related to commissions and, and lead generation. Like, there's so much that is interesting. But I think if I, if I were to sit down and, and really... Uh, thinking about what my favorite beat would be, it would have to be kind of the broker space. It's just like there, there's a lot more color. There's um, there's just the stakes are pretty high, and and you get some really interesting characters. And, and uh, not everybody plays nice in the broker space, so it's a it's a fun beat to cover for sure. And and um, I, I think it's just going to continue to get bigger. It, I agree with you. Interestingly, though, you know, so we have we have Rocket making, as you said, huge investments into the broker channel. But we had a couple of weeks ago, guaranteed rate closes. Uh, they closed the Stearns wholesale channel, and so then this week was the, you know, follow on from that, which was laying off a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I, I got to tell you, I was personally surprised that they decided to uh, to close off Stearns wholesale channel. You know, I, I do think that um, this doesn't speak to the larger um, or macro uh, developments happening in brokerage, you know, mortgage brokerage. I, I do think that it's going to continue to uh, develop and that more people are going to jump into it. Um, but certainly guaranteed rate deciding to do away with Stern's wholesale and, and not even just the wholesale division. Like let's, let's also keep in mind that they had a really um, big partnership at one point with uh, SoFi, you know, traditionally known for student loans, but, um, you know, is, is a little bit more diversified these days. And so, so the whole thing, you know, all of that operational, um, you know, manpower is, is, uh, is no longer. And, and I, I think there's more to it than just that. And, and so for guaranteed rate, you know, if, if they're looking at uh, the hard numbers, they have to look at where they're not as successful. And to me, it's, it's plain that guaranteed rate is, a big retail focused shop. They have star agents. They are to me sort of like, like if there were an apt comparison in mortgage, I think it would be, they're sort of like the million dollar listing of mortgage. You know what I mean? Like they have these big star well, agents. Like we, we have Sean Benosian, right? Yeah. The, the, the guy who originated a billion dollars. Yeah, the whole thing is like, you come to guaranteed rate, we'll give you the resources. We'll give you the marketing. We'll give you uh, what you need to become the biggest name in mortgage. And and I think that that benefits them in terms of lead generation, right? Like if I'm just Googling like best mortgage broker in America, like chances are a chance name probably pops up, right? And then that's business for guaranteed rate. Um, so, so I think there are a lot of advantages to it. And you know, a year into the Stearns deal, you know, we, we don't know exactly what they paid for it. Guaranteed rate is still a private company. Um, but for whatever reason, it, it didn't quite gel. It didn't, it didn't work. And they're going to stick, you know, laser focused on, on what they do well, which is originating mortgages through their, you know, in a lot of cases, it's lead generation through traditional ish, uh, retail means. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's also it's tough for people on the operations side. You know, you think it's it's several hundred people that are um, you know looking for work. It's 348 workers. I believe they'll be laid off on March 13th. They are not exactly jumping into or, or falling into rather uh, the best job market for a mortgage professional. You know, it's um, I, I think a lot of 
companies out there are still very much interested in getting LOs and, um, you know, finding those top producers and, and um, making money there. But there are going to be a lot of people in operations who just, they're, they're going to fall victim to, uh, you know, a, a more difficult uh, mortgage market. You know, a lot of companies out there are cutting, they're not hiring. Uh, and then so, you know, it's, um, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but mortgage is ultimately a cyclical business and they might have to cut their pay to get a new job. They might have to, to look into a, you know, a different line of work, maybe, maybe something that isn't necessarily in operations, but, but still connected to mortgage. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, you know, it's, um, there, there's a lot of conversations happening right now about comp and, um, you know, companies that, that were, you know, had margins in, in the 400 bit range, you know, a, a year ago, two years ago, they're, they're not looking at that now. And so, you know, an industry that built up four trillion in capacity, they got to shit about what a trillion, you know, so it's, it's going to be painful. And um, we already saw it with wholesale, you know, partly due to the pricing war between UWM and Rocket, but, but also just kind of fundamentals there. And so now I, I think a lot of the pain is going to start hitting the retail channels and, and uh, earnings season's coming up. So everybody mark their calendar, you know, next week and the week that follows, we're, we're going to see a lot more uh, about, you know, what, what the bottom might look like. And I'll be interested in that coverage. It, it was interesting over the last couple of years to have so many big lenders go public. That is a boon for us as journalists who want to, you know, peer behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. You know, years ago, we, we would just have to hope that we were able to develop sources and, and, uh, you know, kind of get into the nitty gritty of it all. And today, uh, we, we unfortunately just have to wait till earnings season because often they, they now don't talk and uh, they just say, wait for the, uh, wait for the, the SEC filings to drop. So, but it's, it's you know, an incredible amount of data and information and um, I'm excited and tired. I'm so tired. It's all coming in. <laughs> you are a new dad as well. Congratulations you, on that. So you uh, just, just came back from paternity leave. You were much missed, and um, but you're doing great. Uh, you know, in other in other news, another big lender. Let's talk about Caliber. Yeah, yeah. So big news in Caliber. Uh, Caliber slash New Res uh, is uh, Sandy Das, who, who's led Caliber. I think it's about five, a little over five years now. I, I believe he joined in 2016. Uh, of course, previous he was at City Mortgage. He, he ran City for quite some time, the mortgage division that is. Um, and he's out. He submitted his resignation. And uh, Michael Nirenberg, who's the the CEO of New Res, which of course bought Caliber. I believe the deal closed in August. Uh, 1.7 billion dollars. Um, he says that business as usual. It's uh, you know Sanjeev Das not leaving is is not really going to change the the rest of the leadership team. And uh, you know I, I don't think this is unexpected. Most people that I chat with in in the space saw this coming the minute that deal was inked. So it's just a question of of when. And uh, you know. What happens to Sanjeev is is going to be interesting. He's he's obviously very experienced. He's uh, led two pretty big originators and servicers in the past decade. He knows a lot of people in the industry, uh, so I believe he's he's going to find something in in mortgage. I don't think he's done quite yet. And uh, one one name to take a look at might be Better.com. Uh, very controversial digital mortgage lender. Of course, people probably already know the story about Vishal Garg, the, the CEO who 
took uh, a leave of absence after a, a pretty controversial and, uh, if, if we're honest about it, not a very smart uh, way of communicating layoffs and then badmouthing the people uh, who were laid off, saying that they were uh, lazy and stealing from the other workers. So if Michelle, you know, he, he's been running a company that is is backed by by private equity and venture capital money, and um, they need they need a respected adult who can come in and, and quell some of the fears of investors and people who say, you know, that this company cannot be run by someone who has put his foot in his mouth so many times. And uh, I have a few sources who told me that while Sanjeev was at uh, Caliber, uh, they were interested in doing a deal to acquire uh, better at some point. Obviously, it never came to fruition, but the two definitely know each other. Uh, a, a top lieutenant of Sanjeev's uh, did end up going to better. So there's a connection there as well. Not saying this will happen, but uh, but certainly the rumor mill is is uh, is pretty hot, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ended up becoming the chairman or uh, you know president of uh, of Better as as they really start to like everyone else really focus on purchase and, and try to figure out how to crack the digital uh, code. So it's uh, it's going to be exciting to watch, and uh, yeah, please stay tuned. We'll we'll have all the details as they come, if there are any. I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe he's retired. Maybe he's, he's going to hang out on a beach all day and then he's laughing at this podcast right now. <laughs> well, if that's the case, he should call us up and let us know. We yes, can hear from him. <laughs> My number is all over the internet. Everybody calls me. It's quite annoying. It's mostly, you know, car warranty stuff, but, but give me a shout. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, James, thank you so much for this wrap up. We're going to be doing this every Friday, uh, talking about what happened in the, in the newsroom that, over this day and actually you oversee several newsrooms we have a global newsroom now so we have we have housing wire which is of course our biggest brand we have real trends which really covers um, agents and brokerages um, in the real estate space we have reverse mortgage daily understandable what that is about and we also have finledger uh, which is looking at prop tech so um, you're overseeing a lot of amazing news and some some great journalists as well so keep up the good work and i will check in with you every friday to see what's up Thanks very much. Really great chatting with you again, Sarah. Take care. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great weekend. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk each and every day. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. We'll see you back here on Monday.